Power Project family, I hope you guys are doing well today. I want to give you guys a quick piece of fitness equipment lifting history. The hip circle that you see before you is actually the first hip circle ever. All right, there were no booty bands before the hip circle, which is pretty interesting. That's why you see it in gyms like The Rock. We've seen Kim K using it on Instagram. It is the OG. But that's also why we have the slingshots, gangster wraps, knee sleeves, elbow sleeves, everything that you're going to need in the gym so that you can protect yourself before you wreck yourself. So, Andrew, you tell the people how to get it. Yeah, you guys got to head over to markbellslingshot.com. Load up a hip circle, some elbow sleeves, some knee sleeves all up in your cart. And you guys can use promo code POWERPROJECT to save 15% off all of it. Again, markbellslingshot.com. Links to them down in the description as well as the podcast. Cast show notes. Do you have a a card, base uh, a uh, football card? Nope. You had mm-hmm. to play three years to get oh, that. Oh, you missed what? the cutoff. You played two years in the NFL, right? Yes. Shit, I didn't man. know that was a real thing. Damn. And and for the pension, you also need three years. Oh, son of a! I just keep stabbing <laughs> you over and over again. That's fucked. Ooh, I wonder. Were you in any Madden football games? Too early on. No, ninety four, right? Yeah, there were, it wasn't Madden, but there was right. whoever Something. preceded that, because I remember my nephew right, was able right. to pick me as a as Oh, a that's returner. awesome. Sega yeah. Sports was really popular back then, so it might have been on um, NFL Football 94 I had that game. You're like, <laughs> how could my awareness be 34? <laughs> do Madden <laughs> games not allow you to play as like like old NFL teams and stuff? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. They I do, you, but yeah. like, it's yeah. like... Only certain ones, I yeah, think. Yeah, like legendary teams. Yeah. Okay. Like Super Bowl winning teams, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. And and players that actually could play. <laughs> hey, man, your story's amazing, though. Yeah. How, how did this come to be? How did you make it in the NFL, especially as a running back, as a guy who's 5'8"? <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it 5'9". Um, yeah, my story's a pretty unique one. I had graduated from Bucknell, was the all-time leading rusher, but... As a 5'9 white guy from Bucknell, and we were 1-9 and nine my senior year, there was no one that interested in me. So I actually spent three years trying to get an NFL tryout after I graduated. I, I took a job working in the pharmaceutical industry right out of school, but I kept training and telling myself that I'm going to get an opportunity. Mm. Another year would go by, no opportunity. It got so bad, I, I actually had a, a free age free agent tryout one time in at Rutgers University in New Jersey. This is my luck. I'm, I, I had a lot of bad luck on, along the way before I finally got the good luck. There was like a 24-inch snowstorm that was occurring the day of this free agent tryout, and, and the Rutgers bubble actually collapsed. So <laughs> the tryout was canceled. I was so mm-hmm. pissed off. I lived in Philadelphia. They closed the New Jersey uh, Turnpike, but I was so pissed off I was driving home, and I was actually getting stuck in the snow. True story, I had like a 1978 Chrysler uh, rear-wheel drive. I had a dumbbell in the back, so when I would get stuck on the turnpike, (laughs) I'd put the dumbbell on the gas pedal, I'd push the car, and then I'd have to chase it down New Jersey Turnpike once I got it going again. (laughs) So the writing was on the wall like, hey, kid, you better give it up and, and, and move on with your life. But then Buddy Ryan got uh, got hired in Arizona, and growing up in Philadelphia, I knew his mentality, that his camps were like wars of attrition. So I'd start sending him faxes and, and trying to contact him. No answer. Fax machine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm dating, our, dating ourselves here. Uh, but I said, screw it. I, I called up the Arizona Cardinals. I said, I was with Federal Express. I have a, a person-to-person delivery, which was a thing back then, uh, <laughs> which I wanted to make sure he was in town. And the plan was to camp in the parking lot 
until I got to meet him and get and get a tryout. So it's pretty crazy, right? Swear to God, somehow <laughs> I pulled this off. Um, you know, I had I had some game film in in, in my in my suitcase, and I they the, I thought they were going to call the cops because I was literally <laughs> sitting in the lobby like six seven hours. Um, the the um, defensive coordinator at the time, Ronnie Jones. I, I I sort of remembered my strength coach knew him somehow. Mm. So I asked for Ronnie Jones and I said, Hey, um, I played for Jeff Connors, who, who was the strength coach. And first thing he did is I'll, I'll give these tapes and, and we'll look at them. Meaning he went back and said, Jeff, who the fuck's sitting in the lobby here <laughs> says he knows you. Uh, this guy, Brian Hennessy. Unfortunately, Ronnie said he has some physical attributes. Uh, he, he hasn't played football in three years, but if it's still Brian Hennessy, it, it may be worth a look somehow they say come back the next day. I, I, I couldn't believe it. It finally happened three years of trying to get a tryout. The receptionist says, buddy, Ryan wants to see you. So I'm, I'm getting goosebumps here mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking about it, right? So I go back to his office. I figure he's going to say, just like the Eagles and, and other teams, like we looked at your film, you, we can't help you. But he's like, we actually liked your film. And this blew my mind. He had one of my faxes that I sent mm-hmm. like six months before. So whatever you say about buddy ryan was a crazy man the facts that he would keep right. some random kids facts w- was impressive to me so they took me out on the field and i you know i ran a four five nine and did some good things and they signed me to a contract you know calling home to your parents and saying first of all they thought i went to the new jersey shore for the weekend they, they had no idea i was sitting camping and, and so i had to this was february so he's like I went to start practicing. They had like off season practices. So I flew home real quick and came back and, and the chances of making the team were slim to none, obviously. Yeah. And then I started hitting everybody in camp going full speed. And somehow there's a lot of, a tri- lot of tribulations. I, I don't want to get into them all, but uh, like a week before camp, my older brother was home from the air force and he, he, he passed away. He was in, he, he's, mm. They're not sure what happened. He's out drinking, doing, partying like you did when you came home he he they found him in, in in a local canal so i'm like maybe this isn't meant to be but i put on his dog tags and i actually went to camp and amazing things started happening like catching balls and the first preseason game who's going to put in rudy they started calling me rudy because that was a big movie back then right. and and buddy called everybody by their number so for me he didn't call me number 39 he even called me rudy which was a good good sign that he knew i existed <laughs> But the first preseason game, he gave me 10 carries against the San Francisco 49ers who, wow. who went on to win the Super Bowl that year in 94. And I had like 60 yards and the crowd was, the crowd would chant Rudy. It was, it was a pretty <laughs> amazing experience. So somehow I made, made the team after this, this long journey, but hopefully we can talk about it was fitness that gave me mm-hmm. that, that, that's my performance enhancement was lifting. Like lifting gave me the confidence. To, that I can compete with anyone. So mm-hmm. it, that's, we, we all often talk about, you know, what lifting, it wasn't just the physical part of it for me. It was, it was always my advantage. I, I knew I was going to be stronger than any other running back, or even if I wasn't, I thought I was. And that's, that's more important than, than actuality sometimes. What did the uh, people at home think like when this happened and you, you like, you made a team and then like probably haters probably didn't even believe it they're probably like that he's full of shit there's no way he made a team and then you're getting them getting uh you know you're you're getting these uh, rushing attempts against the 49ers like 
people must have gone berserk like when you went back home at some point yeah it, i mean it 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 became a in 94 there wasn't so much social media it became such a story at new york times oh, wow la times inside edition you remember that ESPN, show espn right yeah they, e- espn cnn um ro- this is a true story a, a company um literary company owned by sylvester stallone at the time purchased my movie rights i mm. i guess i needed to score some touchdowns in the super bowl <laughs> it didn't go that way but it was it was it was literally a dream a dream like you thought is this really happening like and i grew up in philadelphia you were naming when we were talking earlier like rocky. seth Joyner, yeah. but yeah rocky we can definitely that was <laughs> kind of my we all watched the same movies right. in the 70s but like i'm playing with andre waters seth Joyner, guys that I was four or five years ago in high school, six years ago in high school, mm. I was watching play for the Eagles. So it was an amazing experience. When you got there, you mentioned um, that lifting is one of the things that got you through a lot of things. So when you were playing, how like how much strength training was actually involved when you were playing in the NFL like versus what you did when you were younger? Yeah, that's a great question. There, there was a lot of movement towards nautilus and hammer strength machines uh-huh. in in the 90s so a lot of players you know trying to avoid injury that weren't doing some of the heavy squatting and some of the, the power lifting that they probably did now that's not everyone <laughs> you know you had the, the the bill romanowski's of the world i remember walking in from summer camp the the following year with eagles he had 550 on on the squat bar doing doing sets of 12 after two days Jeez. Yeah. He might have some, some additional juice inside that body, but <laughs> right. I, I was amazed. But Yeah. But you also mentioned, like, you mentioned about you're, like, at 10 years old, something happened, but you had pain all the way up to when you were playing in college, too, right? Yeah. I, I actually, I was struck. I, I hopped on the paperboard's bike, a little punk that I was growing up in Philly, mm-hmm. and I was hit by a car. My, my mom told me God punished me for that one. And I didn't know at that time, but that was the beginning of my back problems from age 10 so in college, every year, my back would usually go out. When, to, to put it in perspective, our big high school um, rivalry in high school, my back actually went out, and I actually got, this sounds like Texas football. This doesn't sound like suburban Philly here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was getting cortisone injections in the guidance counselor office in my back so I could play, mm-hmm. play on Ooh. Saturday. So if you, you know, I, I, I so the back would always, even when I finally got my tr- my chance to play against the Steelers uh, on Sunday night football with that first year with the Cardinals, I had never returned kickoffs. Um, and Buddy said, hey, let's put Rudy in a return kickoff. So I'm like, shit. I, I didn't do that in high school or college. So I was the poor kicker. His leg was ready to fall off. I'm like, Greg, Greg Davis at the time. I'm like, I need to catch, I need to catch 100 kicks because I'm not dropping this ball. Mm-hmm. I would be fine once I got it, but I wanted to make sure I caught it. But of course, I was catching so many balls. My back goes out on Wednesday, and when my back went out, I couldn't walk. and And this game was on Sunday night. So, as as we talk about my 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 squat max and my belt squat, the low there's two things that were we all have things that we focus on in training. Low back, unfortunately, became a big um, thing, a big proponent of what I if I consider myself an expert in, in in fitness, low back and getting faster. That that's kind of my two pet projects for my whole life mm-hmm. that's an, an incredible story um how did you start to like tinker around with fitness so much to where you maybe started to get an idea that uh i don't know maybe that you're like innovative like because it's it's kind of a hard jump right like we like everyone loves to lift 
and I invented some products myself. And there was, I don't really know if I ever thought I was like innovative or creative until I got way further down the road, until I lifted for a very long time. And then I was just mesmerized by all the different ways that you can exercise and all the different versions of strength. And as I started to kind of be a, become a, more of a tinkerer, I was like, ah, you know what? I think this is a pretty good idea. How did that happen for you? Yeah, it's, it's strange because... You want to uh, adjust your head, your headset? Yeah, is it bugging yeah. you, falling off a little bit? There yeah. You go. yeah you so go. for me, there was a... When I got cut by the Eagles um, after I was done playing in 95, I went and worked in the pharmaceutical industry as a clinical researcher for 16 years. So, but getting back to my training, I was the kid, just like you were the kid, you know, I was walking around with those crazy shoes that were going to help me jump. Oh yeah, jump shoes. <laughs> yeah. If you pull those up, Andrew, those yeah. are sick. Uh, you ever see them in SEMA? I've seen them after you guys have mentioned Yeah, they're I never, I was too young for that shit. Imagine how high you could jump if you Dude, had some. Yep. <laughs> but you know how some people do overspeed where they now have um, yeah, the treadmills and stuff. Yeah, yeah. these are great. Uh, this is true. Oh sto- my god, they still sell <laughs> yeah. them. Oh yeah, that's them. Uh, true they're, story. They're giving them away. One hundred and sixty bucks. You could <laughs> jump higher. Well, I I, that, <laughs> I was that kid because you know I didn't have athleticism. I was. I like to say I wasn't blue chip. Mm-hmm. I just had a big chip. If, mm-hmm. if that makes sense to you yeah. guys. Yeah. So my my grandfather was a professional boxer, and my dad was a street fighter. So. You know, dad would get drunk and do one-handed push-ups. So fitness was part of my life early on. And then, you know, other kids, you know, thousands of year, years ago, kids might have read, read Greek mythology. We watch Rocky mm-hmm. and see how we can get stronger and, and slay, slay our opponent. But, yeah, fitness was my everything. True story. I would get towed. My, my buddy would drive. I would attach the back of his car with a rope. And he would go 17, 18 miles per hour and pull me faster than I can run. Obviously, this mm. is on asphalt in the parking lot. So if I went down, I had some problems. So Ooh. I threw everything at, at, what's nice is I know there's so much information for kids on Instagram. Mm-hmm. For me, it was actually nice because you could put things into the equation, trial and error. Now I'd be probably the kid that mm. everything that I see works. So I would never have established, I, I have something that I now use in my gym called the speed maximization algorithm, and I have seven or eight indicators that I developed in that time when I was trying to make it to the NFL. So when I got cut, I, I went in the pharmaceutical industry, but I was like Michael Myers in Halloween. I, when, when am I going to get out and work in a gym? Yeah. So my wife, we, we, we did well enough in the, in, in the industry that I said, Caroline, my daughter's uh, nine, my son's seven. I'm opening up a gym. These kids, not just my kids, all kids need to know how fitness can help them. And, and this population of kids do a lot of organized sports, but they're so sedentary yeah. that I, I, and Seaman and I were talking, part of the things that I learned, I was a roofer in the summer and I took pride in that because I would lift at five o'clock and do all my bents and squat, but just a rotational I love tearing off roofs. I wasn't trying to learn to be a roofer. I just wanted the physical part of it. I would carry two bundles of shingles. They're 85 pounds each on one shoulder. So that's 170 pounds. And I'd go up a ladder 50, 60 times. Part of my back problems probably got worse. (laughs) I always put it on my right side. I should have put it on my left side. Uh, But yeah, so that, that part of it didn't come when I started tinkering. I opened up a gym, I guess it's 11 years ago, after I left my day job as a pharmaceutical 
um, researcher, much better paying job that was than opening up a gym. But um, that was my chance to let me see if some of the stuff that I believe, like even something like a step up, now everyone's lunge, lunge centric. Mm-hmm. Believe me, if you have one exercise to get an athlete faster, it's an, it's a step up. Why right. do you believe that? Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one, it's because we didn't have organized strength coaches at, at Bucknell my first year, we didn't have a strength coach. Jeff Connors came in my second year and he, he had to start doing step ups. Again, the timing was funky back then. I ran, I had the fastest 40 time. I ran like a four, four, five on, on a special track, but it was the step ups that gave me that instant feedback. See, now there's so much noise. You don't get to put some of the things in. It's all the same musical notes. It's how you organize them. But back then I could, let me throw step ups in and actually do it for three months and see, see what, what happens. With but, any sort of weight or sort yeah, of particular yeah. heights, how did you do it? Mix it up? He mixed it up, but holding two dumbbells and, and stepping as fast as possible, mm-hmm. which, you know, now everyone is looking at, it, you know, it's not just and about. And do you think there's a benefit of coming downward as well, or how did you do the downward part? Now that I have, I didn't know, I didn't know mm-hmm. it back then, but yeah. Like just, a lot of calf work and yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, and just that you have to hinge. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, the the, the big part of acceleration is one thing, but you have to decelerate as well. So, and, and then we'll talk about how some of my products came, but um, that's a hard thing to teach. You, you can't teach in a weight room. Trying to teach a kid, if you're trying to change direction, you got to load that posterior chain to be able to put the brakes on and everybody wants to just quad it. And, mm-hmm. and, and so that's where, and one of the first things I opened up when I opened up my gym is thinking about my daughter. I, I got all the good new toys, right? I, I remember I was Michael Myers waiting to get out. And my wife said, go ahead, go play in the gym uh, and, and hide. You know, I got the reverse hyper. I got, you know, I probably got thirty, forty $40,000 of nice equipment. But I wasn't thrilled with some of the pieces. So knowing my own back issues and how important squat was for me, that's where my, my initial tinkering, my initial patent came. It was squat max. And, you know, what was important to me because of my back issues, I had to frequently use machines. I want, I knew it had to be something that wasn't anchored, that something wasn't fixed because if you're not working the stabilizers, you're not building athleticism. So that's where my squat max was born. I just, I wanted to keep it perfectly centered, but I didn't want to make it fixed. And and that, that was one, one of my first tinkerings that now 10 years I'm sitting here because some of the greatest power lifters have discovered it not based on my marketing skills, but just because it's a pretty good product for building athletic strength. Yeah, Andrew, let's bring up that clip mm-hmm. um, from Instagram from uh, Squat University, who has I don't know two million followers on his. Uh, we're just going to play this clip here, so you guys can kind of see the quality of this product. And Seema and I and Andrew as well, and my brother have been u- using the product here in the gym at Super Training. And uh, I absolutely love it. Fell in love with it right away. Experienced <laughs> yeah. no pain. Um, I'm excited because I, I took a month off of, of lifting any real heavy weight, especially for lower body. Well, now I'm going to crank it back up again because of you. So I, I appreciate it. It seems like an awesome, awesome product. Yeah, let's check this out. I want to talk about my favorite belt squat machine that some of the strongest squatters in the world use, like Brian Carroll, Blaine Sumner, and Ray Williams. You see, when you squat with a barbell, gravity pulls straight down on the bar, which creates load on your spine. Based on the length of the moment arm and the amount of weight you are lifting, the loads on the spine, including shear, compression, and torque, can increase. The unique design of the Squat Max MD isn't anchored to a point in front of you. 
but instead floats underneath you. This makes the line of pull straight down, making it similar to a barbell squat. Pulling your and hips towards the, the ground because the rather than getting smushed the towards the ground, the squished towards the ground. Under the body rather than on top of the back or chest, there is less load on the spine. So whether you have a narrow stance with a more upright chest or a wider stance with a more forward angled chest, the line of drive is the same, straight down. This means an athlete dealing with back pain that is made worse with squatting can often use this device to maintain their strength and fitness while they rehab. Aside from injury rehab, let's now hear how Brian Carroll used this belt squat machine in his training to set an all-time world record 1,300-pound squat recently. Damn. Being someone that has a history of back injury, I know just how important it is for positioning and technique, especially concerning the squat. And the squat max had a great deal with my ability to take my training volume and my capacity so much higher than I could in the past, I'm able to utilize this apparatus two times per week, once heavy on my squat day, after I do my main barbell squats, and secondarily after my deadlift where I can work light. Because it taxes my lower back and knees so little, I can use this two times a week with no damage to my body. Mm. As someone who's been around the sport for over 21 years, I can tell you that I've tried every belt squat apparatus out there. And some are good, but none of them compare to the Squat Max MD. And that's because the line of drive is straight up and down. There's so little shearing on the knee or the lower back, and it's a completely natural movement. It's like night and day compared to the other apparatuses that have levers and pulleys that actually track the forward Andrew. and take away from the benefit of a belt squat. We can maybe you can kind of scrub through that a little bit more. See, uh, like where they have like gray and and some of the other guys using the product. But I wanted to comment. Um, it's important for people to understand. Like we're not just trying. We're trying to hawk something to you guys. We're not trying to like pitch something to you guys. This is a great product, and you came in with it. I didn't really know much about it. I saw it on Ed Cohn's uh, Instagram. I think a while back. I don't know how you got in contact with us, but you basically uh, FedExed us again, like, <laughs> like, like you did with uh, Pro Football. And I think you maybe got a hold of my brother and had some communication with him. And then this thing just shows up at the gym and you brought it in and we, we tried it out and we just happened to really like it. But what I want to point out is the other belt squats that are out there, they have um, an attachment on a lot of them that uh, has like an arm attached to it that comes out... Um, it comes out like sideways and then there's weights, you know, stacked in various different ways, depending on the belt squat. But your machine, um, it's like an original belt squat. Like back in the day when they had, when they did belt squats, they had a belt, uh, and then it would just have an attachment that had weights that would hang down between your legs. Yeah. And that's exactly what this machine is. So no offense to anybody else that has belt squats. Some of my great friends have belt squats. They make good products. But this one, I don't feel any pain whatsoever. I noticed a lot of pain, uh, mainly from the belt back in the day. But you also created a belt that works really well. Um, and on on the other machines, you know, all I had access to was the was uh, these other types of belts that kind of hit your hips uh, in a weird way. And then again, the weight is like kind of pulling you in a slightly different way. And I think you mentioned having some discomfort as well, right? Absolutely. Um, so I've used a bunch of different types of belt squats too. And when you had me hop on. From the first squat I did, when I came up, I'm like, I want to jump. 
that was my sensation. Like I want to literally jump out of the hole because it's like it, it, there's no pain at all anywhere. And it just felt extremely natural. And it wasn't a crazy amount of weight either. I was using it banded. And you mentioned that some of the greater powerlifters, they don't do that with bands. But for athletes, like not just for powerlifters, but for athletes in general, this is so good because a lot of athletes have limiting factors in terms of pain in their knees, pain in their back, and they can't do a squatting motion. Um, but when I did this one, uh, it was, it, it didn't compare to any other belt squat machine that I've used. And again, n- there's no hate to other belt squat machines, but this is very different and very unique. Yeah. And one thing I'll add to that as somebody who ha- doesn't have as much experience lifting as everybody else does here. But like for me, getting into an, a belt squat, I thought that was just like, oh, this is part of the game. Like it's supposed to kind of hurt, you know, like it's supposed to be a little bit uncomfortable. And when I got into yours yesterday, like I was just like, oh, shit, this one doesn't feel like the other ones. So, again, like I, I don't have as much experience, but I could definitely see the difference right away. Now, you had some studies done on this thing, too, right? Yeah, that that was the main thing for me. As we talked about, you know, exercise was the reason I made mm-hmm. it to NFL. So when I was, when I opened up this gym, anything that I created, I really wanted to know, not because I knew I had a dream that I'd be sitting here with standing here with you guys trying to market this thing. It was, I'm going to put my own daughter on there. Mm-hmm. If this isn't working the glute max and the glute mead and she tears her ACL and I could have had her on a better machine because it, that's, that's the way this was created. You know, like I said, I, I, I contacted one of the first things I did was contact, um, after I created it and put a pat. fortunately I patented it, I sent letters to every, every college that does research studies on exercise science, and I wanted to know it worked like a back squat, because if it didn't, I'm not going to pursue it. So that was one of the, the key things, like two years into the process, uh, a local university, Widener School of Physical Therapy, came out and actually did a, an EMG study, and it was shown similar to an actual barbell squat. So I'm like, great. Now I know that, cause I felt I was shortchanged. One of the things, cause I was always working around a back issue. I remember my, my good friend, strength coach, he's like, we got a Smith machine. This is 1990 to probably the worst Smith machine there was. <laughs> I'm like, hallelujah. This is going to be great. It's, it's not going to hurt my back. First fucking rep. My back went out. Oh. So in my mind, I will never make a fixed machine because if, if you have to conform to the machine, First of all, you're not going to build athletic ability because you're not working your stabilizers. But if you're conforming, you, you're, you're going to potentially get hurt. So that's how the squat max came. I was lucky that I came up with that guide rod. So it's not fixed to the guide rod, but it keeps it perfectly mm-hmm. centered and lets you get into your natural movement. And like you said, it's pulling down on the hips instead of at a certain point, point pulling in on the back a little bit. So that that was really exciting to me. And then we were playing around yesterday because it is a free weight over the years, I've come up with a way to make mess with the moment arm, make it more glute dominant. Yeah. Or and, and all this was, was cool. As I was telling Nsema yesterday, I I I'd had high school girls that would have these impressive, v, you know, pronounced VMOs, and then they would go off on their college scholarship to play volleyball or whatever sport, and they'd come home on that first freshman year at winter break. I'm like, what the hell happened to your VMO? And they're like, I I they only back squat. And I'm like. Could this thing really, again, I don't want to get into the debate. I know the VMO 
is innervated by the same, all the quad muscles. People keep talking about that, but we had Ben on, and we, like, there's still research that people are like, you can't isolate the VMO. Motherfuckers, you can isolate the yeah, VMO. Well, like that, you're late. what's been cool about this is the research, when, when they, the, the most recent study, they, they went against different belt squat designs and, yeah. and, and the axle and the barbell squat, and it was 30, 40% more VMO activity. Let's go. Yeah, That's and it, so it's pretty cool when you think something and then you can actually prove it. And I was a research scientist for 15, 16 years. I sold drugs that I thought were going to cure the world. And then we got them mm. first into man and there were adverse events. It didn't, it didn't work like you planned. So for me, again, this, the, I was the first bell squat to ever have a re- published research study. Why is that? Not, not because of marketing, because my own Catholic guilt. Because <laughs> I, I want this shit to work, right? Uh, so. I got a confession to make. I don't care. He's like, my belt squat. You mentioned, uh, well, hopefully we can pull up the other stuff on that video, but you mentioned how the interesting thing about the, you, the way your belt squat works is that it does pull down on the lower back. And you mentioned that that was one of the reasons why a lot of your lower back pain went away. I mean, you probably did a lot of other things, but is that part of that reason yeah i mean what else can it be i i was i hurt my spinal cord 17 18 years ago so when i tell you i i, I had something called caudic quinine syndrome it's one in a million one in five hundred thousand people have this happen so it's statistics sometimes work for me when i show up at, at, at a guy's door to play in the nfl or <laughs> sometimes to get the injury but yeah i had caudic quinine syndrome and i had literally i had gotten an injection like a day before i'm like motherfucking uh anesthesiologist must hit a nerve but my disc had exploded mm. to a point where where the where the spinal cord ends there's a whole important ending of nerves it's almost like the fuse box if, if you don't get surgery within 24 hours you're you're screwed yeah. uh i went 72 hours because i had hurt my back so much like i had the, the numbness in my ass my penis um <laughs> yeah wow. you, i should have known but i didn't know because and I went 72 hours. I lost control of my bladder. If you watch me walk when I'm tired, you'll see a little foot drop. Mm. Like I had completely lost my, my abductor and people don't realize oh, when, yeah. when we're talking about like squat max and glute mead, like when I lost my abductor before they finally took me to the hospital, my, my poor wife, I, I went in to take a leak and I fell back and split my head open because I was going, I was getting paralyzed. Uh, <laughs> And, and yeah, so that's, you, you're, you're an amazing person. Um, I love people like you. You're, you're all heart. Um, what, what gave you like this kind of like belief in yourself? Do you think it's, is it all centered around, uh, like lifting and it just kind of built up over time? Um, or is it, you mentioned your dad was a street fighter. I think you said <laughs> like, what's, yeah. like, uh, where, where's this? Cause it seems like you have a really good, strong belief in yourself. Yeah. I'm, again, I'm, I'm fortunate that we, we have parents that, that actually inspired to, you know, cared, to yeah. build you up. Right? I, I tell people all the time, I wasn't that good of an athlete, but my dad thought I was. So, <laughs> um, you know, he only went to third grade. Uh, my mom maybe went to eighth grade. I, I grew up in a, a blue-collar part of town. Mm. Um, but I, I, I think I'm the youngest, too. I know you're the youngest, right? So get your ass kicked. Yeah. yeah. I was just pissed off. I was walking around the park. I, I went for a walk in Sacramento and I, I don't go to dog parks, but it said uh big dogs only, small dogs only. So I'm the small dog that wants to get in with the big dogs. Uh so yeah, I think it, it, it was having somebody, you know, give you confidence and you know, if I didn't my my sister was five foot tall 
and she went on to play college basketball, Division One, and she was an All-American. Mm. So I saw her get a scholarship. I'm like, shit, that's going to beat roofing. Uh, mm. So you know, I, sports became very important to me. I started playing football at six. Um, but I think the fitness was my X factor. Without running into, you know, watching the Rocky movies, and again, my dad, my, my grandfather was a boxer, so push-ups and some of the early indication of you know you, first of all you had to be tough right you, in my neighborhood that's another thing kids miss like i remember being 10 years old walking down the street and must have looked wrong at a kid he said what you look what are you looking at you know the old mm-hmm. thing not much or whatever i said and next thing i'm being chased down the street <laughs> I, 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 running around cars Better be fast yeah, or yeah, strong yeah, or something yeah so <laughs> I, one of the ways i train some of my suburban kids in my gym is you know, putting a circle, creating a circle and having someone chase you around a circle. Cause <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I claim that helped me learn to play on the edges of my foot. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was a lot of wild dogs that were pissed off that I can't tell you how many times I was running away from a dog mm-hmm. around you trying to go around the car to get away. It sounds like a Disney channel movie. Yeah, You can't, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, but that tinkering that I was able yeah. to try to recreate what, what did I do? But yeah, that, that, that inner drive, I, I think it's, I've been fortunate to have people that my strength coaches that believed in me and, and, but fitness was that took me over the top. how did your parents uh, treat you? Like uh, when something happened, when you faced adversity, did they uh, coddle you? Did they give you a lot of love or, or was your dad because he was a street fighter? Was he like, <laughs> Hey, fucking figure it out yourself. Yeah, it, it's, it was probably both, mm. but you had someone believing in you. It, like I actually thought I was a good basketball player, and if I see film of my shot, shit was horrible. <laughs> but he never told me that. Uh, I'm also curious, the tinkering, right? You, you, you've like from the squat max and the other. I, I don't know what that. The Henny attachment. The Henny attachment. You created a lot of really cool stuff. Were you always tinkering with stuff with you when you were a kid? Because most, like even me, I have maybe there's something in the back of my head. I don't think I'm going to invent anything, right? But. It, did you always do that? Was that something for you? When it came to fitness, yes. When it came to fitness. Yeah, because like like we all, you know, I should have been studying hard for calc or whatever, but I remember sitting in a, a biology class at Bucknell, which is a pretty hard academic, mm-hmm. and I'm figuring out my, my bench routine or, <laughs> you know, so when when you're passionate about something, like we all are, yeah. that, that drives tinkering. And if I was born a blue chip athlete, probably wouldn't have tinkered as much but mm-hmm. going back to those ugly shoes we saw i wanted to try to find every edge bucknell's ivy league right it's basically an ivy league i don't want to insult the ivy league but it's the patriot okay. the patriot league like yeah. cornell bucknell it's, but it's not an easy school to yeah, get into you know you you need a 1400 sat 1500 sat yeah. for a lot of those guys that are so going you got there. a pretty powerful brain in there yeah um i do and i don't <laughs> we'll I, say it for you that's okay <laughs> But like, you know, when you were mentioning that you worked as a clinical researcher for 15 years, you, you keep, we keep saying that pretty fast, but it's just like you worked as a clinical fucking researcher for 15 years. Um, that means that you obviously you're, you're super fucking smart. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, you're, it, it definitely helped me like pursue studies and, and think differently, like, yeah. cause it's a regulated industry. Mm. So I, that's why it definitely influenced the way I approach squat max. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll, be, I'll tell you the God honest truth. If I could ever write a book, me working in a Fortune 500 company, I should have been fired so many times. <laughs> let, <laughs> let me put that on. Like I'm going to tell you, sh- I'm going to tell you shit. You're going to you're going to say this guy has a lot of stories. Yeah, let's hear it. This is this is the kind of stuff that went on. I'm talking about getting drunk, and I would jitterbug dance when I was ki- a kid. I, I I flipped my CEO 
and she didn't want to get flipped. She was like five five, probably two hundred pounds at the time. I ended up parking her on the on the on the dance floor, skirt overhead, every every picture going on. But true story, my my competitiveness. I'm working at Wyeth, which was purchased by Pfizer. Uh-huh. I had this kid. Um, Came for some Nigerian. Came for, came for some money though. He was like a prince. So, <laughs> I, I, he's lying. <laughs> That's no, a thing. He was driving a BMW. No, it's still a scam. Uh, yeah, but listen, he just needed you to wire a little bit. <laughs> like, uh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a PhD. But here's here's just to show you the mindset. I never. Okay. I always should have been in a gym. This this paid well, but I should have been in a gym. I used to run hundreds at lunchtime. I was probably thirty five. I was a director, like, you know, he said, Brian, you're not fast. I'm faster than you. I said, motherfucker, we're racing right here, right now. So, you know, you got statisticians hiding inside the cubes. I set up a line. We, <laughs> I set up a 20-yard dash. This is Fortune 500 company. We're running, running. You know, I got one of the, one of the poor girls that she's going to say, set, go. I raced this poor kid, and he reported it to me, so I should have been fired anyway because – you can't be racing a guy that reports in you because I have to do his reviews. But um, and I see the vice president. Uh, they like me because my NFL story. Mm-hmm. I see her look out the door like, and she just shut the door. She didn't want to know. Want to know. So I race this motherfucker right down the hallway, and board, the school's shaking. I won the race and shut him up. But uh, yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff. Like I was there, and and I did some good things. Like I would I, I would travel to Brazil. I, I did a lot of international clinical trials. Yeah, but my heart was. Like I said, waiting. When can I go back to doing something that I really love? And uh-huh. and when my kids got that age, I, I really wanted to mentor because there were enough influencers in my life that told me I was good enough to mm. to keep going. Mm. So that was the main part of the gym. It wasn't expected to become a strength equipment company, but the products were. Again, I didn't market Squat Max for five years. Just so you know, how Squat Max got its first shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanilla Gorilla, Blaine Sumner. I mean, I don't know how he found me because I only have like 400 followers at this time on on, on my squad. Blaine st- Sumner, one of the greatest heavyweight powerlifters of all time. Yeah. Just an absolute monster. And, and uh, you know, he's an engineer uh, by by mm-hmm. uh, training. He found it somehow. Uh, that If you find, need to find a needle in a haystack, he's yeah. probably our guy. Right. He's like, hey, I'm not sure how that thing works. But because people don't understand it, it's not anchored. So, it's amazing how how much he used that. You know, he had that big squat at, at at the at the Arnold like two years ago and actually broke his back. But I mean, that's that's him saying this. I never paid these guys a dime. I've never I've never met these guys. But it, let's read this. This is the best belt squat that I've ever used. It is the only belt squat where the weight travels free, not anchored by one point. So it's most natural and specific to squatting and presents less shear and stress on the back. Which we all felt, especially Andrew. Yeah, and it's like, wait, I can get a huge benefit training my legs without it hurting my back. Yeah. And and also there's no component of, for some people, like, you know, I was squatting for years and years, my elbows, my shoulders, everything started to hurt, just getting in position for squats. So this eliminates all that. You can just have your hands out in front of you if, if you'd like. Or what I also like is you can hold on to those handles if you want and get a yeah. little assistance and kind of mm-hmm. guide yourself down gradually. Yeah, and you guys know, I mean, with biomechanics, Doug Brignoli and Sissy squats, like I've still been able to work my legs and I've been able to do very, like I've been making progress despite not being able to move, which I'm forever grateful for um, him showing me some of that stuff. But the stimulus that I'm not getting with the Sissy squat is, of course, I'm not, I still not, I'm still not going to have a barbell on my back, 
but that feeling of having the weight on you volume and just having mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say bone crushing, but like, you know, we talk about bone density and how yeah, important that building, is. Yeah. I feel like I'm not getting that when I'm just doing sissy squats. Mm-hmm. Although my legs are looking great. I'm loving that. But like, I just feel like with this, I felt the weight on me, but I didn't feel pain. And mm-hmm. so I'm just like, this is special. I'm like, I'm really excited to keep using it. The check is in the mail, guys. I appreciate this. <laughs> I want to. I want to go back to the step up for a second because I think you know some of what you touched upon was was really brilliant there. What recommendation would you have? Somebody's listening right now. They got a little bit of experience in the gym. They've been training a couple years. They do want to get a little faster, uh, maybe a little stronger. Where would they start? Like if if in semen, I just wanted to start messing around. I mean, I know he's a beast, but where would I start well, at 45 uh, going on a, uh, you know, doing doing some step-ups? I think an 18-inch box, you know, holding two 35s, in, one in each hand, and, and not worrying about stability if, if, if we're trying to build that mm-hmm. acceleration. It, Staying I, on the same leg the entire time? I, I, I step on, off and on. I'll do eight with my right and then eight with my left, but I'm trying to step as fast as I can. Mm. Uh, and then there's, there's different iterations. I have one of my first success stories as a trainer. Uh, I don't know why Raul Banez had just got let go by the Phillies. He was um, 40 years old. He came into my gym. That's, I wanted him to join the podcast one day. You'll love him. He's a fitness fanatic. Oh, we'd love to have him on. He, he came into my gym. He had just come off a bad year. He's 40 years old. Phillies let him go. Mm. And he should have punched me in the face and left. But he said, I, I, don't, I don't feel explosive. I want to get faster. So I timed him in a 20-yard dash. This is hand time. Don't, it's not electronic time. But he ran a 285. And I basically said, hey, Raul, you're slow as a schoolgirl, but I can get you faster. <laughs> he'll, he'll, tell, he'll just tell this to this day. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, just some highlights from Raul Ibanez in case people don't recognize. Because when you said that yesterday, I was like, oh, I remember him. <laughs> well, this is going to blow your mind. The Three months, we only had three months before the season. The Yankees yeah. ended up signing him and giving him a chance. And he went off in New York, had all these clutch home runs. But he went from a 285 to a 259. And it was a, what, what his issue was, we did the step ups, we did everything. The year before, he did everything, time under tension, slow, and he had had a sports hernia. So his, his proprioception, when you, do, when you do classic single leg work, like a step up, mm-hmm. you're, getting, you're getting that hip musculature, that lateral hip musculature. And so his feet, and his, he, he could only do like five or six pull-ups. He could do a 500-pound trap bar. So I know relative body strength doesn't sound. He, he's been with every top trainer in the world. He's like, relative body strength, and you call me a school schoolgirl. Get the fuck out of here. No, <laughs> he stayed with me. Went off the belt squad. He called the fountain of youth. As soon as he started using it, just like Ensign was saying, he said within a week walking up the steps, he felt like he had air in his tires. And so all this is building. True story. So his thing was relative body strength and 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 getting his proprioception back. Which that's part of my system that I created for for athleticism. The following year, he went to Seattle. At forty one, he tied the major league record for most home runs by someone over 40, 41 or older, 29 home runs. Yeah. And the greatest compliment I got is he, he flew me out for a game with my family. The, gen, the I don't think they call him general manager. What, what do they call the, the person in charge of baseball? Well, I, I'm not sure President, what they're called. Commissioner? President, commissioner, what, commissioner, there you go. No, no, of a team. I think he's a general manager. We'll call it general yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah. But he, 
He said, "I think it's called manager." Um, yeah, yeah. The co- you're talking about the head no, coach, not, not the not the manager in the dugout, like oh, the, the oh. guy that signs people. Oh, probably but, GM. Yeah, GM. Yeah, GM. Mm-hmm. So he says to me, "Hey, what the hell did you do with Raul? We timed him home the first, and he had the same time that he had as a rookie at 41. Mm. So can't, I can't make that oh, up. Wow. I, you know, it was like a four-one, whatever it was from the left side, which isn't the fastest guy in the world, but it's the same as he was as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So." He's he's been a big proponent. He took he he used it underneath the Yankees dugout. Yeah, you guys, those Yankee fans listening, he, he he's this is all over. That's it right there. They had him pinch hit for a Rod in in the championship mm-hmm. series. That's that's the pinch hit. He had used squat max in, under the dugout right before he hit that home run. He <laughs> when he was DH and he would use he would use it because he felt so acclimated yeah. you know everything yeah. is turned on that's a big deal in baseball because you're sit you're exactly you're not super active all the time in baseball and so sometimes you're DH. sitting on the bench yeah you're sitting on the bench for the whole game and new york it's probably you know that time of year is 40 degrees <laughs> right but he would go down and do with the band do 10 fast reps yeah at, 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 before like a warm-up because he felt it, it dynamically stretches hip flexors and that uh-huh. decompression the spine I, I can't make this up if you call him he will confirm this man i'm so pumped not just for myself but for all the other athletes who by hearing this, seeing Squat University's video, he's like, like, yeah, we're talking about this right now, right? But Ed Cohn, Blaine Sumner, <laughs> Squat University, they're like, this is the best belt squat. Once other athletes start experiencing it, and once, like, like let's say basketball players, 6'9", 6'11", guys, try squatting on mm, that thing, ooh, imagine that, that shit. They're able to start working with load and squat to depth without any type of pain. It is crazy. Like, I'm, I'm really just like, it's going to change a lot of people. It kind of reminds me of like pulling a sled. Like when I, when I pull the sled, because I, I do understand that like not everyone's going to love fitness the way that we love it. Uh, and I do understand mm. that some of the stuff hurts. Like you go in the mm. gym and it's kind of like, uh, it can be like uh, aggravating. Like it can be annoying, you know, for some people. Uh, certain machines and certain fitting into certain machines and lifting a certain way. Um, and then a lot of people just don't really know how to lift. And they certainly don't know how to squat. And there's a, like so much time that it takes to learn how to squat. But your product is you put the belt on and you squat and you just go to move. You do what you would think would be a squat and you're squatting. And I think, you know, you could adjust the feet a little bit and move around a little bit and kind of find what feels best for you. But it reminds me of the sled in that sense where there's just zero pain. It's the sled is just like a version of advanced walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is a way to get some uh, weight on you uh, in a way that's not overly aggressive or difficult i think about kids too like you've been having kids on this for the longest time but like young athletes right that let's just say like i don't know they're having an issue squatting or whatever but young athletes on this too their development it's it's wild what's this uh, yeah no just eddie Ed, cone Ed on Cone. a toilet no <laughs> no do you guys want to want volume sure okay let's hear it right, let me just stop oh we might see ed this weekend well, actually, this is going to come after the Arnold. We, so we probably, probably saw, saw him. Mm-hmm. He yeah. looked great. This thing is awesome. <laughs> he looked great. It's completely free, so your body works more, way more naturally. And you can do a, like a perfect box squat because it keeps tension on everything, so you don't actually relax. Oh, Hopefully, I, I don't kill myself on this because I'm just starting trying. <laughs> oh, he's, he moves so fast. And that had both his hips replaced? I, I, I believe so. Go ahead and pause it again, if you don't mind. Um, what I like about that, too, is that you have that attachment to where you could have uh, a, a kind of like a box squat. It can be set up like a box squat, which I think is really smart. Uh, some people need 
So people need a guide. They need to know like how low to go. So you can use it like a traditional box squat and you can push your butt way back and you can sit way back into it. Or you can do like more like a touch and go, or you can simply remove the uh, box as well, right? Or the uh, thing that you have there to sit on. Yeah, it's been great. Even I have an 82-year-old client that uses it, just being able to set the depth so that, because I know if I keep him at 19 inches high, he's not going to irritate any any joints. And what's been cool, mm-hmm. that study that showed how active the VMO was, those athletes only went to parallel. So it's it's a different moment arm. You know, we're not going, they went real deep squats and to be able to get VMO like I'm thinking, your brother. Mm-hmm. I'm praying that it gets his VMO stronger, and then yeah, he, so his then, knee gets out of pain, and yeah. then he can start going, you know, start doing other stuff, you know, going a little bit more forward and different things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been been real lucky. Like I said, this 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 thing sat five years with research studies, and no one knew about it. Thankfully, mm-hmm. Blaine Summer found it, and it's amazing that you know powerlifters are competing. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. Once once it gets out there, like even. The Rock's uh, cousin, his stunt, he, you know, the stuntmen are so beat up. Mm. Having guys like the Samoan stuntman say this is the best leg exercise, and but you hit a nail on the head. I was I was concerned. Does this thing work because it feels so good? But Stu McGill actually explained it's so it de-stresses the joints mm. because it's perfectly centered. Because that was my fear. It, does this thing work because you, it feels too good? To, and then you saw the EMG study, and now I have ten years of. Vertical jump that and different things because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll have a, people just use uh, the bell squats. Some people just use uh, traditional barbell squats. It's effective, but that that was one of my fears. I'm like, mm-hmm. how the hell can this thing be working if it feels this good? But Raul Banyas explained it perfectly. He's, he's like, every rep, he hits the barrel of the bat mm-hmm. because you know it's not a half inch out in front of you. It's always perfectly centered. So there's not that, right. you, you know what I mean? Because that was a big thing for me if, if I was I was so flexing intolerant, I couldn't even deadlift e- even in high school and college because as soon as I got out a little bit in front of me, mm-hmm. the back back would act up. Yeah, and it kind of tractions your back a little bit when when you're just standing there. Yeah, um, it kind of feel the pull towards the ground kind of feels nice on your lower back. I haven't showed you this yet. I'll, I'll send you. You we were talking about this. You do a diagonal chop with mm-hmm. this. So when you chop up. That load's pulling straight down, so I actually mm-hmm. I actually get some adjustments from mm. from doing a chop on it because chiropractic. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean because you as you chop up, mm-hmm. you're pulling away from your body, Ooh. and that's pulling straight down on the hips. So they're stretching out like your lats and everything as it's pulling down on you. Yeah, like that's gotta feel yeah, incredible because you're getting it from both ends. Yeah, <laughs> oh, um, we are. we can get as nerdy as you want, but you mentioned the moment arm depending on how the attachment is on the. Um, on the what does the center i don't know what you would call that yeah i um, I, I stole it off of um kabuki but I, I i came up with this thing called the transformer pin mm-hmm. and what's cool about this this was also researched um i knew as soon as i tried it i put that pin that lets me hook up in the back of the main loading pin i'm like shit my glutes are on fire <laughs> and then when they did the research study there was 40 percent more glute activity from using this hookup mm. and then the front which blew my mind is rectus femoris is in a tough ex- tough thing to get. you don't get rectus femoris from a squat so Correct. this the front the front hookup point it was off off the charts on fire rectus fem mm-hmm. so my son's a punter he's a college punter that when he uses the belt squat we we do the front hookup point just to get to be able to work that muscle dynamically yeah. can you go into that a little bit more because i have an idea why that is it was over but, my head too because i'm a i'm a toxicologist by background uh, the, the the really powerful researcher uh colleen gulick who, who did she's actually there's actually a, 
a video on mm-hmm. why it actually changes the moment arm. Because every belt squat, not squat max so much, but the, you're pulled forward, so you can't mm-hmm. get you can't get vertical shin. So because that the weight's not your your back behind the weight, you get more vertical shin. Mm-hmm. So it increases the moment arm uh, to to the posterior chain. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I mean, I'm 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 not the expert uh-huh. in moment arms. I couldn't figure out. But that's that's. I'll have to send you that video. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd like to see it. But from what I could see right away, because again, just like you said with squats, you know, we can't get the right degree of angle to get that the VMO activation just with a regular barbell squat. But when you change that attachment, your knees are like trans. They're they're being pushed a little bit more forward, so you're getting so much more of the correct degree than you would on a on a normal squat. So that's why when you get down in a, into it a little bit further, your VMOs do get lit up. And I felt that like after the first rep, it was so nice. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> like I said, it's 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 been really cool to uh-huh. ha- have a you know a, say you feel something working, and then yeah. actually the, the hypothesis gets proved proven <laughs> by actual science. Well, that's a new one for the industry because a lot of obviously exercise they're not saying hey let, let's do a research study. Mm-hmm. Because it's not regulated, it's, it costs a lot. It costs time. They just put the equipment on the market and say, "Hey, it does this well." For me, like I said earlier, <laughs> if you're my athlete, we want. I want, and it's something I'm putting you on. I want to know that it's giving you the best chance to maybe not blow out an ACL or give you an, an extra step in, in your vertical. So it, it's always. I, I think the best you, you kind of ask, like fitness is personal for me. Mm-hmm. Because it was my way to get get out of the friggin' neighborhood right. and, and play college football, and then you know have a good uh, career, and, and then circle back and get back to the gym before I die here. Power Project family, how's it going? Now we have partnered with Stan Efferding. The Stan Efferding. If you don't know who he is, you better go check it out. But he owns Vertical Meals, which we eat and we love. But one of the big reasons why we love Vertical Meals, and we know that you will too, is so many people talk about how difficult it is to meal prep. How busy my life is, so I don't have time to cook healthy food. I have excuses, so I run to McDonald's because I don't have food at home. Well, (laughs) that's why... Vertical Meals is here for you. They have so many amazing meal options, tasty meal options. They have freaking cinnamon rolls, chicken empanadas, steak and eggs, Monster Mash. They have everything you're going to need. That's why you got to go to Vertical Meals so that you don't have to think about meal prep anymore. Andrew, how do they get it? Yes, that's over at verticaldiet.com. And at checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT to save 20% off your entire order. Take advantage of this. Make sure you guys get like a week or two or three or four and use promo code POWERPROJECT to save 20% off that entire order. Uh, Links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. So, mm-hmm. with uh, you got some of these, you know, real monsters uh, lifting on this machine. You know, you got Blaine Sumner and Ray Williams. Uh, what kind of weights? Like, what's like? What's the world record on this thing? Like, <laughs> what's the kind of weights people have been hitting on this? It, they don't hold the handles. Uh, you know, Optimus Prime and um, and and uh, Vanilla Gorilla, five fifty for five reps and these, this is when they're in their their they're hitting 1100 1200 whatever they're they're doing is astronomical numbers 550 is a tough five and you know that's um obviously if you hold the handles you they love it not ho- holding the handles because they feel the neural drive you know coming out mm-hmm. of the bottom it, there's actually a little bit more translation to what they need to achieve right. but yeah i if if you go if you go to parallel and you're not holding the handles what i've seen it, say you're a 700 pound squatter, it's usually about 60%, mm. 55 to 60% if you're doing a, 
a correct squat. So you think four, 400 pounds would probably challenge you as a 700-pound squatter for, for, for five reps. That's awesome. You earlier mentioned, the, I don't know if it was the seven, your algorithm for speed. Is that something that you, you, you want to talk about or is yeah. it like a, is it a gym it, secret? It, it, no, it, it, I, I have seven indicators. I'll, I'll try to, I mean, I, I thought I was going to go after this, but I can barely get my squat max to sell. I don't know how much more. I, I, might, I might be a two-hit wonder here, but <laughs> mm-hmm. f- feel free to ask me. Yeah, so yeah, what is it? Like, what, are, what can athletes, what should they add in to get faster? That's a great question. I have, I created a baseline evaluation form. So my coaches, when this is someone that's, whether you're Raul Banyas, it's 39, or you're a 14-year-old soccer player, relative body strength, um, proprioception in your feet. Like I'll literally have a kid. Can you stand on the ball of your foot on one foot and hold it for 10 seconds? I'm just giving you a sample. I'm well, just got to try it now. Like you just put, gave me a challenge. <laughs> now we got to do it. <laughs> but yeah, so there's, I have seven or eight indicators, everything. And, and you know, um, what does the ball like when you say that? Like for example, what what are you looking for when a person goes onto the ball of their foot and they're they're like trying to balance? What's the indication there? It I have my seven indicators. That that one would be um, lower body lower body. It's kind of proprioception in your feet awareness. Yeah. yeah, I'm down to true story. I've done this for ten years. I can bring any soccer team in, and I don't even time them. And I'll tell the coach and the parents, I'll, I'll tell them who the three fastest kids are uh, just from pull-ups. Just from pull-ups? Yep. What do you mean? Whoa. Relative body strength. It, oh, relative body strength. Okay. Strength okay. relative to their body weight. And it seems ridiculous, but I did a lot of pull-ups because my dad was a boxer. We, we talked, some of the Bucknell running backs, they were, they were benching a little bit more than me. I'm still not happy about it. <laughs> uh, but I got more athletic over the four years because I was roofing I was I, I would always do pull-ups and certain relative body strength things. So you were asking how I came up with this. This was my, because I didn't have all the distraction mm. of Instagram, let, let me try this. This was the seven, um, you know, attributes that, that I built. And so when I opened up my gym, it, it's, it's improved now 10 years into the gym. So now I'm looking at how many steps they take in five yards. There, there's, there's other things that go into it, but it's, it, it works, I'm, and, and speed's one of the hardest things to get athletes faster. But, yeah, I mean, Raul Banya is a perfect example. At 39, to go from a 285 to a 259 in three months, it, a tenth is hard to get, believe me. And I have a lot of baseball players that have to run the 60. Mm-hmm. So I've had so much success, you know, because you, if, if you don't get under seven seconds, you have a hard time of playing college, Division I college baseball. Yeah. And the 60 sucks because... You have to, it, it's such a long race. So you have to, you, you know, that top speed is hard to train. Acceleration, I can get, I can fix 40s and, and 20s and 30s, but top speed has been a challenge for me. And that Henny attachment, which we started to play with, yeah. that's that's helping with me with top end speed because there's two exercises that I can show you mm-hmm. just because you're, you're more of pulling the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's one thing you use with a yoke bar that almost, is exactly like the muscles used in top end speed. I'll have to show that to you. It's, it's so I, there's a lot of hidden. The, the Henny attachment has a lot of ways to build athleticism, and I and I came up with that because even trying to teach a girl to be able to ch- stop to, to decelerate, I'll lose my voice t- trying to get them to hip hinge 
when they're stopping. Do we have any videos that we can pull up of the Henny attachment on your on his Instagram? Yeah, the, I can look. For, I, I want to ask it. you. Um, oh. Do you do you think? Uh, like, what do you think the reason is for like a pull up? Like, I understand the uh, the relative strength thing, but focusing on pull ups may not necessarily make you faster. Or do you think that pull ups can actually, like, improving your pull ups can actually make you faster? Or do you think it's because of the change of maybe body composition? Like, maybe somebody's getting in a little bit better shape, they're getting a little little bit leaner, they're doing other training as well, building more muscle mass, and if you have uh, which sounds counterintuitive, but if you if you have a little bit more muscle, you're going to be stronger, which will help make you faster. I don't claim that it's kind of what came first, the chicken or right, the egg right, here. Right, right. Uh, I don't fucking know, but I know that, like my daughter, I was I was telling and seeing about my daughter. She had 150 goals in high school, the, the most ever scored in in, in her league, wow. and and she did it in three years because the the coach had her playing defense. <laughs> That's another thing. But she, wow. my goal was. She, you know, she's 150 pounds. If she could do five or six pull-ups mm-hmm. at that weight, I mean, most girls can't do a pull-up, but it's just there's been a direct correlation for me in my athletic pursuits, like mm-hmm. maintaining pull-ups, and, and we do a lot of bear curls and relative body strength things, but I don't know the exact answer, but maybe there's no correlation, but there is. I, I haven't seen it fail yet. Like, I, right. can, I can pick the three fastest kids on every team yeah. just from pull-ups. You know, I, there's something there. I couldn't explain it either. But when I think of fast athletes, those athletes can all do a good amount of pull-ups. Like, I'm trying to think of all the fast athletes through my head. They can all do a good good amount of pull-ups. Yeah, they're the used ones to their that own body too. weight. They can move their own body weight through space. It makes a yes. ton of sense. Yeah. But I guess I'm just kind of asking, yeah, like, you know, like somebody just working on pull-ups, I don't, I don't know if that would assist much, but well, I, I think it's like a, I think it's a, a multifactorial thing exactly. because your, your, your body, like if you're training somebody and they haven't really trained much before and they lose five pounds of body fat, like the pull-up's going to get easier and plus they're training it, things yeah. like that. And you have, you have a starting point, right? Right. If, if someone does 20 pull-ups and they're slow as shit, I now can check that off that it, it gives us something like when, when someone I comes understand. in to work out for me, I like after a baseline, I can say, I want this person working on relative body strength or someone, it may be they need to get two times like uh, your absolute strength is still important. Mm-hmm. I think two times your, your body weight and squat to maximize your speed and acceleration. I didn't, you know, back when we were doing, I was trying to do three times my body weight, which it, it helped me mentally, but it may not, I might've been better off putting that energy into. Mm. So like we do something called a King deadlift, which is just a skater, that that for the people that struggle on balance and proprioception, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I I've got it down to such a, a pretty good science. It's it's you know, there's not a lot of studies on it. It's just my own personal data. What's the but, king deadlift? Like, uh, it's it's you know, it's basically a, it's it's named after Ian King. It's just uh-huh. a skater squat. Oh, but okay. it's one of the best things because lunges you're not really on a single leg to really fire up that 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 um that glute that that glute um you know, the, the hip stabilizers, mm-hmm, the lateral mm-hmm. hip muscular, you got to truly be on a single leg. Yeah. When this mm-hmm. coach put step up in at my college, I would get pushed out of bounds sometimes and go out of bounds. As soon as I added single leg, now I'd get pushed and I'd stay in bounds. Yeah. So when he added step up, I even added more. Um, Is that it? That's, that's squat something max. different. Yeah, that's squat max. And now you see the circus acts. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. You might want to get some eye wash. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the, the Henny attachment is a separate, oh, the, it's a separate Instagram time. if that's got what it. we're looking oh, for. Oh, the Henny attachment's a se- okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm big time now. I got I got uh, mm-hmm. three Instagram accounts. I'm fifty two. I don't know 
know how to do anything. <laughs> and then you wonder why I'm floundering as a marketer. So get a Henny. Um, yeah, Ian King uh, had a lot of great principles. He's from, kind of, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Um, yeah, the King deadlift. I remember that. It's actually like just makes your hamstrings go on fire completely. Yeah, it's, it's blows you up. You get sore. You're you're amazed that you're so sore, right. even even your glute. And I believe that's like you're doing like a single leg deadlift, and you got to keep the other leg in line with the other leg, right? Like you don't kick the other leg back, yeah. right? Is yeah, that, is that how you do it? it's, it's it's literally I think skater. If you're, it was skater, okay. like it's a real big hinge. You're, you're hinging way back, but right. the key to it is having your knees travel over your toes. Mm. So that's the only way to maintain balance in there. Mm. So some of these, you know, every it's like I said, everyone's has the same musical notes. It's how we arrange them. So some things that are going good on training, it's, you know, there's not one size fits all. It's, 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 but how you organize the notes. I'm not saying my, what I'm doing with my athletes is the best, but at least I have a kid comes in and needs to get faster. Okay. Where do I start? Mm -hmm. I have two indicators Relative body strength stinks. Your 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 feet. You run around with flat tires. Yeah. You're not going to be fast. If, 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 if so, and that's some of the stuff that I know you're doing with mm-hmm. uh, Ben Patrick. And so it all starts to you start to compare notes, and you get to you might get there differently, but you might get to similar spots by different things. But, How do you help people avoid a hamstring pull? Because like when you're trying to go fast, that's the first thing that goes on a lot of folks. I made this mistake in my career. Too many athletes don't train speed year round and now they play one sport these kids that's the like even if 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 you trained at my gym we're doing speed twice a week year round not a lot of volume but you're running at Mm -hmm. top end speed you can't duplicate sprinting in the weight room and i made that mistake i was so into building my biceps some years and i would and but i would but i that's why like i made a i made sure that in my program all the st- stuff that I screwed up, like using Smith machines, that's why I had to create squat max. Now I can do a max effort squat, and the rate limiting factor is not going to be someone's back. Don't don't put the bodybuilding in there. No, you need to, show, to you need to show some kind of athletic move. I was just that. asking in SEMA. I was like, can you do curls on that thing? So is this what you made the honey attachment for? Is that why your biceps look like that? <laughs> the real reason. You know, I got to say, though, um, this Henny attachment, when we were doing the, what would that press be called? Like a one-arm press or whatever. Where you had the, yeah, the the, the uh, weight on one side. On this one right here? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That lit up my obliques. Um, and it's it's so awesome. It's, it's so great. Like the type of guests that we get on and how things just start to be echoed by each individual. Because Corey Schlesinger just came on. He's the director of performance for the Suns. Actually, I think he'd fucking love your squat, Max. Um, but he was talking to us about how most athletes in lifting, they only literally work in a single plane. Mm. They're not getting rotational movement. They're not getting lateral movement. And you do that on your first rep, you're a your obliques light up like nothing else that I've really ever felt. It's 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 insane. And you were doing that, by the way, with with forty five, and you were just talking to Mark and I. You were just talking to us super casually, like this is how you do it. And then I get on it. I'm like just like, it, like I can't breathe, you know. And it showed me how vulnerable I am because I was able to do it my right side. Like this is, I mean, it was not easy. It was a quarter, and I was struggling. I was sweating. But then he's like, and he could he told me right away what side hurts the most. He could see it, and then so we switched it to the other side. He's like, this is going to challenge you a little bit. And sure enough, I couldn't even get it out. Like it was really difficult. It took a lot more effort to actually get it out there. So it showed me how imbalanced I am. Yeah, that's how this stuff. <laughs> I I didn't come up with this 
it's I'm more of a feel guy. Mm-hmm. I have to feel, but it you you all my bells are ringing because rotational is a key component for every one of my athletes because Absolutely. once that that keeps you limber. Like if 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 you lose that and part of I had the sophomore jinx uh, in college after a great freshman year, and one of the things I did differently was I, I wasn't doing enough athletic stuff. I, I, I was chasing. I wanted to have the most reps on the bench press. Mm. And I, I, I didn't roof that summer because I wanted to focus on lifting. But by not, you know, chopping uh, tar, tar and, and, and moving rotationally, I lost athleticism. So it, it's pretty cool to... That's what's cool about the, the, the Henny's omnidirectional like squat max. Yeah. So I love cables and I love bands. But the, the third degree of tension is controlling left to right. Yep. And that if you whether it's hypertrophy or whether it's athleticism, if you don't have to stabilize, I call it pretend muscles. Uh, and, and I couldn't do all the Olympic lifts. The reverse so, squat. Like mm-hmm. like and that's it feels different when using the any attachment. Yeah, I watched you guys and I wanted to that's why I did this last week in my garage. But mm-hmm. I, I was telling Mark, you see how I'm connecting into two spots. So because we're all asymm- we all have asymmetry, you're not yes. gonna fix that. But when you're pulling with both legs pulling, have the same, have to pull the same weight instead of, so the one side, my left side was really dragging. Mm-hmm. So I had to have that mind muscle to try to pull evenly when I was doing that. And because that's not fixed, I have to control that's omnidirectional. So that's a much, a much better to me. We don't have to use machines. We don't have to use fixed machines. The Henny is that middle ground and, and you can do it in athletic, like a horizontal movement. You're in a different body position picking up linebacker than you are with an Olympic lift. So this, you really have to dig. You have a lot of positive shin angle using using the Henny. So this is this would have made up for my the years when I wasn't doing enough athletic stuff. I could have did it in the weight room. Mm-hmm. And for these kids, they're so sedentary. I got to create ways to pr- improve athleticism in the three times I see them a week. Ooh. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is like, um, as I was using the Henny attachment, it just made me think a lot of, uh, one of the guests that we talked to, Joel Seedman. Mm-hmm. He, he does a lot of off weight type, off weight type movements. He does a lot of movements where athletes are doing something. He's quite literally tapping them on one side to make, like, make it somewhat imbalanced. And people are, were looking at his exercise and like, oh, this is bullshit laughing or whatever. But there is a, a lot of literally athletic benefit to the stuff that he's doing and that people don't really think about because they see all the wild stuff, you know, but this, I, He'd love this attachment too, actually. Yeah, it, it, you, there's some things you have to to build complete athleticism mm-hmm. because again, everything's organized sports. Like I was running from kids trying to beat me up, dogs chasing me. Yeah, we played so much more tag and chase, so you could learn to stop and start. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of what I'm trying to bring back to the the kids I train because I know they're missing chapters in their development that that I had maybe it wouldn't make a difference, but I don't want to leave any stone unturned, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And Why do you got to keep showing arms? Cause, cause that's, I mean, can, can that's, you, can that's you, all I care about. Excited to try hey, that too. Okay. Can, can you find, if you see me doing a yoke bar, that's the one I really wanted to gotcha. show. Okay. We'll find it right now. Cause, but, it, cause it's for top end speed. It's, 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 okay. it's, 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 I never had anything work. My, entire posterior chain. So, uh, let me just I, it's stop. It's going to be hard to find. It's, it's, it's a while back. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep digging then. Um, Andrew, I sent you a bunch of videos, uh, some of the stuff that we were doing today, and um, I sent you the king deadlift and stuff like oh, that, okay. just so people can kind of get a visual. Thank you. Visual for some of that. How did you come up with this uh, strap, this henny attachment? It, it, 
again, I've been at the gym trying to get kids more athletic. I, I think, mm -hmm. like I alluded to earlier, I lose my voice telling a, a female athlete, you got to hip hinge to decelerate. But as soon as I, if I do a row out in front, because that's a horizontal force, if they don't activate mm -hmm. their posterior chain, it pulls them over. So they learn from, this is actually teaching athletic principles where like, goddamn old guy with the CTE screaming again. <laughs> they, uh, they shut me off. But this teaches them if they don't have proper shin angle, yeah. you get knocked over. Or if mm -hmm. you're, not, you're not loading the posterior chain, you can't resist getting pulled over. So it's, it, it, was, the, it was needed in, in my gym. And again, when I hurt my back and I had to use hammer strength machines, it's fixed. If the coach would have had this, mm. I could have went and did a pressing movement that I had to stabilize so, like I said, I have an 82-year-old guy that you can actually walk the weight out. Even if he's doing an, a, a shoulder press, he can walk the weight out to because he's not going to be able to you know, clean up the dumbbells or the barbell. So this is a good middle ground for all demographics. It's not just mm -hmm. for athleticism. It's, it's for quality of life and maintaining. You, know, you don't want to, your 80-year-old grandfather, a fall is going to kill him. A broken hip is going to kill him. So this is a way to increase... For, for all demographics, athleticism, but originally it was because I, I train athletic performance. It was to get them in athletic positions and, and where you're actually standing and, and has to have to stabilize the weight. You know, I think one thing when we mentioned like athleticism, um, I think that's just synonymous with good movement. You know, like that's a big thing that we're, we've been focusing on, just like things so that we can just move better. Because as you get older, I mean, I, I just want the, the older population that's listening, if you're 50, 60, 70, when we're saying athleticism, when you get older, you want to be able to move better. You want to be able to move well because you'll see a lot of bot, like stiff bodybuilders and stiff powerlifters walking around. And you can just tell they're walking around in pain and they don't move well. And that's not going to be good as you get older. But if you get, if you, as you get older and you have good movement, which a lot of this stuff, um, it, it promotes good movement, you're going to be much better in the long run than just doing a, a single plane bench press or, 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 or a row or any of those movements. They're good. Don't get me wrong. I love those movements. But this adds that good movement to the, to the equation. I, I love you because at Kabuki Strength, a couple months ago, he's like, something about movement is medicine. And no, good movement, it is, it can be, but good movement is better medicine. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, I had that thought a few months ago. So I, I do have some, some CTE. That's one of the reasons I left the pharmaceutical industry. Um, you know, I started playing football at five and my, I, I was the alpha male trying to run everybody over. So I've ha I'm having some brain, like my executive function got a little funky. I had mm -hmm. 20 people reporting to me and I'm like, how, how can I screw up the gym, hon? Let me, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm managing myself, but I'm finding ways to screw that up too. But yeah, so I, I forget some good thoughts, but that, that's a great, um, good medicine is, is better medicine. Good movement is better medicine for yeah. sure. Is there anything to treat CTE? Are you trying to do anything in particular to maybe assist with it? I don't, I don't know what would, if there is any treatment for it. No, I just tell my kids and my wife, make sure you do the autopsy because I want them mm -hmm. to know it, it, I I was an asshole for a reason, mm -hmm. and I want to know that because um, I I have had some issues has had some issues with it. I tried Adderall. And you've had I, issues I, with uh, anger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. it, it, see, this was before. And is that abnormal for you? Yeah, I oh, I um at, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I at twenty nine I start before this all was announced. 
at 29, I started having these massive migraines and I mm. had a lot of CAT scans. I'm like, it's, it doesn't run in my family. But I think that was the beginning of my, you know, my brain's starting to die here. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm, 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 don't feel sorry for me. I'm, I'm very happy with my life. But yeah. if I, when you're I, keeping I, yourself occupied is the yeah, best thing you can do. Yeah. And, and fitness, obviously, I'm doing the walks just, just like right, you and Chris, right. like getting that blood. Blood going has been helpful. I would encourage you to get rid of those Snickers bars. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, when I went to see Eddie Cohn in Chicago, I brought him Mellow Cups and he, he still tried the machine. <laughs> of course. Mellow Cups? What are Mellow Cups? So see, that's, they're not out here out west. They're, they're from Altoona, Pennsylvania. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a little batch of them. Actually, please do. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to message eat you. Candy? And make, I don't, but like, uh, I'm always down mellow. to try a new candy. Chocolate. <laughs> I, I, I'm always down to try new candy. All right, I'm gonna send it to you. I, 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 it's a joke with my my good friend who was my first strength coach. I, yeah. I tend to eat them every day. <laughs> so I tell him I'm losing weight from it. Well, how do you manage to stay in such great shape then? Like, yeah. well, cause like you're talking about like eating Snickers bars or whatever, but you're lean, your veins are popping out for no reason during the podcast. So it's, what's just, going on? it's, it's I think it's, I don't, it's, it's total <laughs> calories, right? I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like I walk four miles a day. Oh, Whoa, there you, nice. I, I can't run. I, when I, when I had this spinal cord is, issue, I can show you after the podcast, I, 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 my calf muscle, I lost, it never came back. The, mm. the muscle's dead. It's one of the muscles didn't come back. So I can't sprint. I can't, like, I'm jealous. I see you jogging in the morning. Mm-hmm. If I jog, I'm going to pull my, I'm going to pull my, I'm going to pull no, calf shit. muscle just because it frustrates me because I'd be the guy playing one-on-one basketball if I could, but this, the spinal cord issue did, did leave some. So the, the weight room became more of my Prozac. So the Henny lets me do some explosive things. I'm like, it's not, it's almost like I'm doing something that I would be doing. Um, that makes the videos that I've seen you do on, on the squat max, like Instagram. And like, for example, you were showing us that movement in the gym, all the more impressive because we were struggling and you're doing that with a dead calf. Yeah. But I'm, I wasn't using it in that exercise, <laughs> but, but, but still it's like, it's there yeah. to, it's still there holding, but you, you do a lot of these things really well. Um, I think that's just a, a it, it just shows how honestly developed you are everywhere else. Well, when when we walk out and I and I fall off the curb and I'm laying in the driveway, <laughs> pick you up. You'll you'll change your story. Thank um, you though. Yeah. Does the NFL have any uh, like recourse for you know someone like yourself? Like, is there? I, I know, like, probably for like the real high level players, maybe there is, and the guys that've been there for a long time or. Yeah, there's a law. I mean, there's lawsuit. I didn't play long enough, but right, right. be honest with you, I feel bad because again, it's it's they found that it's if you played football for 20 years, competitive football. Right. I started at five, but I wouldn't trade that. Right, if I don't right. play football, I don't get to college. Yeah. I don't, you know, get a good job, and I can actually probably retire at 55 because my wife and I did well enough. So I have no regrets for it. But but you hit the nail on the head. Like I the, turned the blinker on the, when I was turning 30. I'm like. I'm ready to kill somebody, right, right. and it, it was just when, once the symptoms came out, you saw it. It it was exactly what was happening to mm-hmm. me from from the beginning all the way to right now. So I'm I'm doing pretty good though. I'm no complaints. Did you deal with depression as well? Yeah, I mean I'm real. real I'm and then still now or pretty pretty good pretty good right now. That's but, good. Yeah, that's brutal. I, I actually kind of think that that's some of what my brother suffered from. I, you know, he played he played football and stuff for years and years, and he was a professional Wrestle, wrestler. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, he was he was always a little different from the time he was young. He was he he was the kid that would get up to to bat at baseball 
and he would just aggressively like be in like this awesome stance where you're like that fucking kid's gonna smash the hell out of the ball like he was just he was kind of like that anyway um but it just think just things got worse and worse over the years and you know he tried to self-medicate and things like that and so i think that's kind of what ultimately led to things falling apart for him yeah i mean i i believe it having feel how bad yeah. sometimes and it's it's definitely if he was that alpha male kid yeah and doing everything like literally the we were coached by guys that were 19 years old so because i could run people over and the other tough kid <laughs> we literally hit heads fall on our butt and we do that 20 <laughs> 20 30 times of practice yeah. <laughs> every week starting at age five i was that alpha male that but believe me if i couldn't use my head i, I would i would have no chance of making an nfl team these days because mm. the head was a very you know, I tried to run everybody over. Oh, it was like a thing, like how marked up your helmet was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, exactly. That was so prideful because yeah. you played mm-hmm. a team with red helmets and you had white. Like, you're so excited to see those red marks. <laughs> yeah, if marks. your helmet didn't have red marks on it, you didn't play. Yeah. yeah. That means you didn't I do forgot sh- all about that. Yeah. Yeah. That means you didn't do shit. Yeah, they want, like, that was That was, that was like a badge a, of honor. Yeah, they called them stick marks. And yeah. You wanted as many as possible. Yep. <laughs> and uh, they had those some of those drills, like where you uh, lay on your back. What was that one? Is that a Oklahoma nut, or, nutcracker? Yeah, well, yeah. Oklahoma. I but, think they, but yeah, I, that's the one we did every night. You'd run up in one-on-one and drop. Yeah. yeah, nutcracker, you would both lay down on your back, and then you would get up as fast as you can and just smash each other, basically. Um, and what's the Oklahoma Fucking drill? I kind of forget what that one was. You but were they in the mid- Isn't that the one where you're in the middle? Or is that bull in the ring? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There's a lot of stupid ones. This is this is, it keeps getting better and better. Um, yeah, bull in the ring, you got one guy in the middle, and yeah. anyone can just randomly charge at the person in this giant circle. Like you might have like 40 players around you and you got to turn, you got to chop your feet the whole time. So the coach is, will blow the whistle. This is Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Oklahoma drill. Yeah. Yeah. And so like it, this isn't that bad when it's like this. Yeah. Um, but sometimes not, there's like a linebacker there too. Yeah. It's one-on-one. You, you what was it? The bull, bull what? What was it? Uh, bull in the ring. Yeah. Bull in the ring, like football or something about probably, <laughs> but yeah, man. And you know, and the other thing too, like, so I, I think, you know, if you kind of think about it, I mean, like we we do know that you know ramming our heads together is not healthy, and we know that like boxing and stuff's not healthy. But I don't think we really understood that it could lead to uh, depression and it could lead to uh, anger issues and and things like that. So, you know, I, I I just think things would have been different if we if we known about these things for longer periods of time. But the other thing that's really dumb about football is like when the season starts and when they. Uh, are practicing and doing two a days. They're outside at like four p.m. and it's like a hundred and five degrees mm-hmm. outside. And so now we have a lot more information about dehydration. You know, dehydration uh, can really uh, help amplify uh, CTE and, and or I'm sorry, brain 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 injuries. Um, so imagine, you know, even just during these practices, if they were shaded or if the season started a little bit later and athletes were taught to hydrate and do some of those things, like maybe it could help prevent just a little, just a little bit of that stuff. Yeah. But for me, thank God, buddy Ryan had the most physical (laughs) camp or as a free agent that, that was kind of backfired when I got cut by the Eagles. Eventually they brought in Ray Rose from San Francisco. So there was no physical practices. Mm -hmm. So as a free agent, you have no chance of making the team because everybody looks good in shorts. So for me, it was actually a benefit that mm-hmm. every day there was a fist fight in, in practice, you know, so it's, it's good and bad. That was your area of expertise. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I like it. Andrew, you got a couple more clips over there? Yeah, let's. Trying to dig through them. I'm sorry, I had to text them to you, but. It's all right. So, well, this is Tunaway just kind of on here. 
Um, yeah, that that's. I mean, that's amazing to me. Where he, he says this is the best leg machine I've ever used. That's mm-hmm. a that's a mm-hmm. a guy that knows fitness, an old football player and stuntman. Yeah, he's been around forever, and he's he's been lifting. Um, he he actually more recently uh, got a lot leaner too. So props to him. But and then I still couldn't find it. But here's an example of the king. Uh, is that deadlift. is that the way you do it? Yeah, I, I, knee Very goes a little bit. knee going a little bit forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pretty close you, right there. Yeah. Do you use uh, dumbbells with this? Yeah, dumbbells. Yeah, depending on what, where you're on a program, we start with two, and then we'll go to one. Mm. If someone has hip internal rotation issues, we'll have them reach to that outside front leg. Okay, you'll like it. This is an awesome exercise. No, I'm not sure who this is. Yeah, this is my assistant coach. I, I made him try out 700 pounds of band tension one day, and he took he took, he took one for the team. So, um, how did you actually make some of these things? Like, did you like are do you weld and stuff like that too, or no? It's been it's been a it's been a challenge. No, do you draw? I, I'm, Can you draw? No, I'm 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 a, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. My yeah, I can't draw or anything <laughs> either. Oh, and some of my patents, my son. Thankfully, oh, he can okay. draw. He he would draw it, but. I use a fabricator in Pennsylvania to mm-hmm. make Jeep parts. So I don't it's been a it's been a struggle to to come up with what I've come up with, believe me. So it must drive you a little crazy, right? Cuz like you're you're thinking about these things, you have them in your head. You know how they're supposed to look and how they're supposed to function, but then you got to try to figure out how to communicate that somehow to somebody. It's a different language, right? Cuz I <laughs> I don't know metal and I don't you yeah. know what I mean, so yeah, so it's it hasn't been a a quick easy yeah. process for sure. Hmm. Wow. what about at your gym is there just all kinds of because like these are these are what we referred to today are some inventions that you actually have for sale but there's probably a lot of weird interesting unique stuff at your gym that's different that just uh maybe isn't like as marketable maybe yeah i mean just some of the things we do for speed training like i mentioned mm-hmm. like making kids chase each other around yeah. the circle because trying to get on the edges of your feet are so important Mm. I, I mean, I think, you know, I have all the squat racks, all the, you know, it's, right. it's a pretty good playground good setup for, for, for the rest of us. But I, I definitely am not a traditional where, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're not doing a lot of Olympic lifting. Right. We're not doing a lot of traditional deadlifting. I mean, I use a trap bar. A squat max has been a, a, a big, that's, that's how I have my female athletes deadlift because mm-hmm. there's more glute activity and because they start to pull directly under you. There's no chance, even if they're off an inch, they're still under their body. So I have no, I've, I have been lucky without not, not having back injuries. And, you know, we've had a good, good run of, we get the job done, but we obviously we're teaching kids how to squat properly because they're going to go off and play division one. Mm-hmm. And I don't want some strength coach, you know, having them do an exercise where they get hurt. So just that, that's been really cool. A lot of my kids start with me in eighth grade and kids that are now playing minor league baseball are still training with me to start it with me in eighth grade. So wow. we're 10 years out now. So some of our classes are four years of high school, four years of college, and now chasing their dreams to play pro or, or, or Olympics, whatever they're doing. So mm-hmm. you can deadlift off the machine too, and you can do uh, hip thrust off yeah, the machine. Yeah, that's hip thrust. That's hip thrust. <laughs> a few years ago, Garage Gym Reviews did a review of my machine, and he said it's not, it, it doesn't have as much utility as the cable, I guess, because you couldn't do tricep push down. So I said, screw you. I'll do hip thrust and seal rows and sell for 2000 bucks. You know, three of those machines would cost about 7000 mm-hmm. So I added some utility for them. Wow. Yeah, because that, that you, Can you go back to that? Yeah. You, you see how that, that load conforms to his body? Wait till you right. see it from the side. Like, you'll see that, that plate actually tip up. See mm-hmm. it tipping up? 
that's that way that load is conforming to him mm. instead of him conforming to a machine. Yeah. So these machines that are fixed, they're they're eventually wait till you see all the hip replacements from the hip mm. thrust in like twenty years. Woo. There's, there's not enough data. My wife there. would like if I got good at that movement. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Hey, no. I'm going to But <laughs> there's a lot of these, it's like so multifunctional. Like I had I would have never I mean yeah, I, I obviously have no experience with it, but you're. I'm seeing a lot of videos where people are doing rows and stuff yeah. on it. You're doing a 45 degree back raise. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. how is this? But that's just a different attachment, right? Where the uh, that's the same that we use for the rows. Did, did you do you have? Can you pull up the seal row? I played yeah. football without a helmet, so don't don't ask if you see some of this stuff. <laughs> no, nah, no worries. Because um, oh, I, there, there, I don't think we look at got, this. This is right. I mean, it's such a convenient, convenient way to do it. Oh wow. Yeah, that's that is, that's sick. Yeah, so those um, hole, those holes in your platform, that's that's what they're for. Those additional those additional holes. But it even like, has really like a, a a rack for the uh, barbell too, so it just makes it super convenient. Dude, comes, this yeah. is a really great multifunctional piece of equipment. Yeah. Like when I was oh, that's other Raul Banez. That's from the Seattle, that's from the Seattle Times. The year they did a big article on us out there. That that was that was his uh, gym. A nice, amazing setup he had out there. I used to. Uh, I worked for CrossFit for a few years and I, I did uh, these powerlifting certification courses and I went around the country for multiple years trying to teach people how to squat. And the reason why I say try is because I wasn't very successful because it's very hard to get people to squat. And oh uh, when I was messing with, oh yeah, the, we got, we're watching a video of a guy doing uh, some oh, split squats, right? Split that's squats. an NFL player, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. But as I was going around the country teaching people how to squat, there was something that I just did not realize would be a huge factor. It wasn't necessarily, especially because these were CrossFit people. They were already fairly fit. They were already in shape. They're all fairly young, too. Um, I did not realize how much dysfunction is in the upper body when it comes to squatting. I swear, probably 90% of the dysfunction I saw in squats happened in the upper body from the kind of belly button upward. Um, I would just see people kind of holding the bar weird, and they'd be hunched forward. A lot of internal rotation of the shoulders. Mm. Um, just, just a lot of, you know, bent, you know, uh, bending real far forward on their squats and not being able to express a nice Olympic squat where you're like just straight up and down. And I, I, I did not see that coming because I was like, well, I'm a, I'm a big fat power lifter. So of course I'm going to move a little funky, but these people, they're probably, probably going to be able to move, you know, wonderfully. So again, your product and, and belt squatting in general is, is eliminating that whole entire procedure of trying to figure out okay i gotta get my chest up okay i gotta brace my stomach and you have to do all these different things uh just to be able to perform a squat properly with that machine hook it to your hips get your feet set up and you're ready to go yeah i, I agree with you i i was i struggled as well as that person trying to get mm -hmm. get my arms in the right spot so i was never i was if there's hyper mobile people and I think it was related to getting hit by a car. I, I was hypo mobile. I, mm. I always struggled with with certain movements. Oh, putting his leg up on the second platform was huge for the hip thrust right there because mm. the range of motion. Wow. What? A reverse hyper off of it. Nice. Wow. Can you do a step up off of it? Did you figure that out yet? Yeah. What I'm coming up with is I'm going to create a a. a What's going to be perfect for it is also a jump, a, a plyo box. Oh, nice. Just like the seat, it'd be nice. just a little soft and, and wider. Mm -hmm. And you could have a, one plyo box that could go from 24 to 48 inches every inch. 
Man. Well, I think I think when we're done here today, it would be great if you have some extra time to show us some of these different setups and we can get some footage of it because I think it would be it'd be really great for a lot of people to see mm-hmm. some of that. Uh, see that that's Bobby. This this is one of the things I'm proud of. This one? He he just recently bought a squat max. Yep. Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley, and he wrote a comment. He says like potato chips, he can't stop you he, he, <laughs> he does it three times a week. That's how much he loves it. Do it once and can't stop. That's, you see the way he's squatting though, the explosion off the bottom. Yeah, that's exactly naturally. how I feel. Like you, when you go down there, you want to explode the fuck out of the hole because it's vertical. Exactly. So there, there's no interruption to the path. It, mm-hmm. it's, you're creating vertical force into the ground, shaking the world. Look at that. <laughs> Bobby Lashley's an animal. There's some women that are getting really turned on by this. Hey video. now. I mean, yeah. Hey, not just the women. I'm no, gonna I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so many different mm-hmm. things you could do with this bad boy. This oh, is sick. Damn. Hey, see that girl? That's the first deadlift we ever did on it. That's that's nine years ago. That's, yeah, I'd like to try that. Yeah, it's that that looks awesome. And with the bands, you can imagine how much glute you're getting when she. And I'd there. imagine it can probably pull you down pretty far, right? Yep. Yeah, and then again with the center of gravity pulling it straight down. It, wow. Like the worst part about a deadlift is that it's out in front of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's like 2012, so that's an early model. That's great. Well, and the technique, again, it, it, I know that you're, you're coaching these folks and, and uh, you're working them through everything. So, of course, they're going to have good form. But it, it just seems easier to have form, uh, better form with this particular. Like It's almost like if I was to tell someone, hey uh, – Let's have you deadlift a kettlebell because you can stand right over top mm-hmm. of it and deadlifting it, you know, wouldn't be that hard. You might have to make a correction here and there, but, uh, doing regular deadlifts is like, it takes decades to figure out how to deadlift properly. And, and who wants, I, I couldn't deadlift, but who wants to have bruised shins? If, if, yeah. if, if you play a sport, we're already yeah. getting bruised. So this has been great because like you right. said, there's no bar interference. There's no, there's no pain other than. I love much. the, I love the, the, the band. Attachment oh, that's my too. favorite this week. This week, this is great. Listen to this. This oh, is oh, CT. CT talking. Listen to this. Oh no, CT Fletcher. Don't give CT Fletcher weapons like this. This is the greatest thing ever. Listen. Oh god, hold on one second. CT. This this, tried this thing for the first time. Man, <laughs> listen to this. I just man, I just tried this thing for the first time, and they call it the Squat Max MD. But I think they should think about renaming it the Squat Max MF. This thing is a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I made it now. Yeah. But as a clinical researcher, you know, he's coming back from a heart transplant. I really think he hasn't done legs in so many years. I told him if he he was my brother as a former researcher, this is what I would want him on because it's, it's, he's working the stabilizer. So he's getting that athleticism. Obviously there's no pressure on his thoracic cavity, his back. So I'm, I'm hoping he uses this a couple of days a week and get his legs strong. That's again. almost bringing a tear to my eye. I know how swollen his legs get yeah. and stuff. So that is really great to see him. Damn. He's like doing below parent. Yeah. <laughs> that is so sick. Look at him moving on this, man. That is great. I'm going to get my dad on that machine. Yeah. Ooh. This is the first, his first set. So that's, it's a natural movement, right? There's no fit on it. It, it, it almost takes you where you need to go. Can you see that with the, the, the uh, college division one football player right, right there right to the left? This says it all. This says it all, Mark. And then I can leave it at that. This, he's at Miami now. This coach. Mm. Okay, let me oh, sound necessary. Sorry. Yeah, let me just click it on. This is the, the most power. He's. This is very powerful, and it's so simple. It's not Stu McGill. What this will do is this will help the resistance go vertical up 
cannot put a bar on their back. All right, so Coach Horton's in this. The weight is dropping straight down. And it's different from most machines because the machines will work on a hinge and they'll pull you in, wrenching your low back. And what this will do is this will help the resistance go vertical up and down. And it's pulling down on the hip instead of in yeah. on the back. That's great. So that's, that says it all. I mean, that's how it got here. It wasn't, again, I didn't come up with this, hey, let me get rich on creating a, a belt squad. It was, can we get people more athletic? Can it actually do do good things for your back? And luckily, it, it took a lot of years, but it's finally it's starting to take off. And, and I appreciate so much you guys spending all this time with me. It, it's It's awesome. Yeah, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, how much does it cost? Where can people get it? Where can people find out more information about you? Um, the the base model is fifteen sixty. That includes the seat. Um, some of those attachments that you guys mm-hmm. saw, like the seal row, obviously they're, they're add ons. But fully loaded to be able to do seal rows and hip thrusts, it's it's like. Eighteen ninety nine. Wow! So that's that, affordable yeah. for this type of like use, and this it's affordable. Yeah, it, it, I mean for college settings, the, the belt you're not going to probably use those other those other exercises, but for a garage gym owner, mm-hmm. but the main the main for belt squats in the seat mm-hmm. is, is fifteen sixty, and it it's made in, it's it's all made in Pennsylvania by my guys that make Jeep parts. Uh, we've gotten pretty good at it, um, and the other product is the Henny the Henny dot com. Um, it, not many people know about the Henny yet. I'm I'm thrilled to be here with you guys because I already know it doesn't matter how good a device is if it's mm-hmm. all, if you don't market it if you don't like seven years ago, Garage Gym Reviews said, "Hey, can I see your Squat Max?" I'm like, I don't have time to give this, but now if I had known, <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping the Henny. I'm gonna try to market it a little bit better, and if, if it doesn't do well, people, I, I know it can help a mm-hmm. lot of people. That's that that was the real reason why this stuff was developed. Mm. This was my midlife crisis to hide in a gym. <laughs> I didn't know I'd be flying to California to meet you guys, but it's it's been a thrill. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. And uh, where can people find you on Instagram? Uh, me personally? Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> just mean, like yeah, out of your main Instagram. The squat, squat Max MD okay. is, is Instagram. The Henny. The Hen, it's it's the Henny it's attachment on Henny Instagram. attachment. Mm-hmm. My okay. my gym's overachieve SS. Um, with my my bumbled brain, I can't keep all this, but I have three mm-hmm. websites that I screw up every day as well. We'll link them down in yeah. the description and podcast mm-hmm. show notes so people can uh, can find it for sure. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Andrew, take us on out of here. Sure buddy. thing. And then before, I was just thinking, you know, like for the price, like I know people that will either sign up or stay signed up at a gym if they get like a reverse hyper or if they get like a nice seal row or if they, they wish they could get a belt squat in their gym. It's like, dude, like you can get all of it now. That's that's pretty sick. Uh, but thank you everybody for checking out today's episode. We yeah. sincerely appreciate it. Uh, please like today's episode and uh, comment something down below. Comment what you guys found uh, fascinating about today's uh, conversation and let us know what you guys think about the Squat Max MD. Uh, we would really appreciate that and, and uh, turn on all those bell notifications so you guys don't miss another episode. Uh, follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z and Seema. Where can people find you? Um, yeah, guys, if you're listening on the audio side, come on YouTube, leave a comment. And uh, yo, this thing is not hype. This this is the real deal. So if you can get your hands on this, or you can get your gym owner your, to to get this piece of equipment, fucking get at it. At Seema ending on Instagram, and YouTube, and Seema Yin Yang on TikTok and Twitter. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later. Bye.